Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us, and we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day, and I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events, and uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. The book of John chapter 6 verse 64, it says, but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then Jesus said unto the twelve, will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. By the help and grace of the Lord for the next few minutes, I want to talk to you on this simple topic. It's a miracle you're still here. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, you are a miracle. Now, what I do in our church, if I say if you talk to somebody that was trying to be too cute and didn't want to talk back to you, look at somebody that you know is going to talk back to you and tell them, say, neighbor, you are a miracle. In Jesus' name, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Now, one thing that I, I, I love to do, and I'm, I'm sure you may have heard this before, but anytime a preacher is preaching and um you know, he feels like the word is going forth and um, somebody says amen. Something resonates in your spirit and you say amen. And it makes us feel like we don't have to work as hard. So, so, so we're going to start this message out by doing a class uh, exercise. And I will say, God is a good God. And you say, amen. amen. Well, see, y'all making me feel like I'm preaching already. So if there's something that is said this morning, just, just you can say amen, you can wave your hand, you can run the aisle, it doesn't matter, all the restrictions are off, but ultimately we want to make sure that you hear the word of God today, amen, amen, amen. Now John chapter 6 finds Jesus and his apostles, they're at a very unique time and Jesus as he also always did, uh, he was found preaching to the people of Capernaum. And Jesus, he was getting prepared to leave this world, and we all know that he was getting ready to pay the ultimate price for our sins. And so during this time, he begins to advise his followers and his disciples that unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, then you can't have any part of me. They couldn't quite comprehend the depth of what Jesus was saying. And so quite naturally, just like today, if someone doesn't understand what you're saying, instead of seeking clarification, the people will sometimes check out. You say, you say, well, what do you mean by that, preacher? Well, you know how when you're sitting in church and you feel like the message ain't for you? Is this still on? You feel like, oh, oh, I know so-and-so living like that. That's why I pastor preaching about this. That, that message is not for me. It's for them. <laughs> Let me behave this morning. Let me behave. So instead of seeking clarification, 
People will sometimes check out and with no commitment, no loyalty, and no understanding. Listen, I don't know about you, but my walk for God has not been a walk in the park. I, I, I don't, we, and listen, I, I tell our church all the time, if you can't be transparent in the house of God, then you can't be transparent nowhere else. Sometimes, listen, there's going to be some times that God's going to have to separate you in order to elevate you, but you're never going to know it until you, until you learn how to walk alone sometimes. You got to understand that there's always three parts of your Christian life. There's the biblical, the practical, and the applicable. You have to, you have, to have all three in order to be well-rounded and understand the importance of commitment. In layman's terms, commitment is simply translated as being dedicated. Many were no longer willing to be dedicated to the teaching of Jesus. Why? Because now it wasn't a popular thing to do. Listen, sometimes it's not popular to say that you are a child of God. Sometimes you want to walk through Walmart, get what you got to get, and walk out. Oh, maybe I'm just talking about myself. Good thing I gave my wife the keys to the rental. You may have to crank us. We might have to take, make a quick getaway. But the thing was, the apostles had been with Jesus and the people had walked with Jesus so long that they had come accustomed to the miracles, the signs, and the wonders. Let me tell you, that's a dangerous place to be in when you grow accustomed to the things of God. Every time you walk into a service, there ought to be something that happens in that service that just blows your mind. There ought to be some type of new revelation that comes forth that says, I've got to go deeper in God. But you see what happened, go and be seated. But what happened was that they grew comfortable with seeing blinded eyes open and they enjoyed talking about the dead being brought back to life and they testified about being there when the lame was made to walk. But what they didn't want to talk about was the pain that they would have to endure. See, we quick to talk about how sweet it is to, to live for Jesus, but sometimes we don't talk about some of the struggles. They didn't want to talk about the days of being hungry and thirsty. They turned away from the thought of trials and tribulations because they were not committed to the things of God. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 11, he said, I'll boast about my weaknesses because that's what shows how strong I really am. Because you got to understand that it's the hard times that define you and it's the tough times that will always prepare you. But because of this, many have turned their back on the Lord. But you better know how to make a declaration this morning that says come hell or high water, I'm going to do what God called me to do. I won't be and I won't break. I'm not going to water down my faith. My God is still large and he's still in charge. Somebody shout hallelujah in this house. So Jesus, Jesus sees what is happening. He sees how people are walking away and he sees how people are turning their backs on him. And now he's curious about what the mindset of his disciples are. 
Now he's curious. You know why? Because they have seen Jesus in the best of situations and even in the worst of situations. They saw him filled with compassion, but they also saw him give judgment. They saw him in the good times and even the troubling times. They observed him heal. They saw him save and deliver. They, they rejoiced when he restored and he built up and he renewed. Matter of fact, there was no aspect of the life of Jesus that they did not see. They saw that Jesus was still committed to the people who he loved. It didn't matter that people talked about him. Boy, in 2023, somebody in the church say something about you. You want to just, you want to uh, turn in your keys, tell them cancel your membership. Don't call me, I'll call you. Didn't matter that people didn't like him. You know, we, we get all offended because somebody said they, they don't like, they didn't like your outfit on Sunday. Sometimes, see, I, I, you just got to be, you just got to be quick with the comeback. See, I tell them, I tell them I ain't dressing for you anyway. I know I look good. I love me some me. Matter of fact, when I get up in the morning, I thank God for him and then I thank God for me. That's going to bless you one of these days. It didn't matter that people wanted to kill him. Listen, what, brothers and sisters, we've got to stop living for God behind closed doors. You've got to listen. A soldier is a soldier whether he's in the barracks or whether he's out on the field. We've got to learn how to look at that enemy straight in the face and tell him, devil, you have come against my family long enough. You have come against my job long enough. You have put your mouth on my anointing long enough. And so matter of fact, what I'm getting ready to do is I'm getting ready to walk into your camp and I'm taking back everything that you stole from me. I don't want just my stuff, but I want my children's stuff. I want my family's stuff. I want it all. Somebody shout hallelujah in this house. You got to learn how to stop trying to fight for God behind, the, behind the, the safe zone. You've got to know how to walk out. Because I'm telling you, the Bible still says that greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. And so Jesus sees, be seated. And so Jesus sees the lack of commitment with the people, and then he asks them, will you leave me also? <laughs> you know, it, I, it's easy. It's easy, brothers and sisters. It's easy to have friends when you got money. You know, but, but when you're broke and it ain't no joke, people, sometimes the people that say they'll have your back, they know where to be found. And so Jesus, even, even God Almighty found himself in the place where he had to question the loyalty. He had to question, and the, he said, since, he said, you're going to leave me also since the crowds are getting smaller and the applause is getting softer and the choir has gotten quieter, the blessings feel like they're coming in even slower than ever. Are you committed or are you willing to stay? 
in my mind, I'm sure he told them, I know things are rough right now. I don't know who needs to hear that today. I know things are rough right now, but if you stay faithful, God is saying, if you stay faithful to me, even in the bad times and in the times that you can't stand at all, all you're going to have to do is step back and watch me work. God says, I'm going to work in your family. I'm going to work on that co-worker. I'm going to work on that neighbor. I'm going to work on that situation. I'll work on that next breakthrough. But you've got to stay committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look at somebody and tell them you've got to stay committed. Matter of fact, the book of John 16 and 33, you got to remind yourself sometimes. He says, these things have I spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world, you're going to have some trouble. But he said, be of good cheer. In other words, you've got to stay committed. Because I have overcome the world. You don't have to stress and worry about it because I got you covered. Jesus was saying to his disciples, I got your back even in the time of confusion. Help me, Lord. But then sometimes when, like Peter, Peter got all professional with the Lord. Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Because thou hast the words of eternal life. Listen, God know your country. Is this still on? God knows where you come from. The, the problem is sometimes is that we try to be too cute with God. We, we want, you know, you know we, we want to make sure that we got everything all proper and everything in his, in his right place before we get to God. And we, we, we down here praying and saying, we, we're saying, oh, gracious Heavenly Father, and, you know, going through all this stuff. And, and, and God is looking down the balconies of heaven and saying, Gabriel, y'all know who this is? God already knows who you are. So you've got to be real. You've got to be real, and you got to be real for real. <laughs> Some of y'all missed that. Some of you missed it. You're going to get it. That's why sometimes God doesn't understand our prayer. God doesn't answer our prayer sometimes because we try to impress God. You can't impress God. No matter, listen, God created you. So, so there's nothing that you can do to impress God. God said, I don't want you to impress me. God says, I want your heart. God said, I, I want your life. I, I want your dedication. I want your commitment to who I am. Can I just go ahead and put it in uh, 2023 terms and, and let you know how uh, Peter would have really said, Peter would have said, he would have said, Lord, where am I go? I've been serving you for way too long. So, Lord, you know I ain't going nowhere. You have already proven yourself faithful to me time and time again. Even the times that I wasn't faithful, Lord, you stood by me. And I know that you are the one who sits on the throne in heaven and in my soul. Matter of fact, you are God. And you are God all by yourself. So, Lord, as long as you give me the strength, as long as you allow my lungs to inhale and exhale, I'm pressing on another day. Somebody ought to praise the Lord in this house. Talking about committed. 
talking about a miracle. Talking about it's a miracle. Listen, some of you know what others across the aisle have been through. It's a miracle. I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Y'all stick with me. Even when they knew they had a devil walking along. Uh-oh. Even when they knew they had a devil walking amongst them. Listen, let me tell you something. That's why the Bible tells you to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It didn't say you and your husband. It didn't say you and your wife. It didn't say you and your children. It said you need to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Because, listen, because when you put your faith and trust in man, you can, just like with Jonah, you find your own ship, you got to pay your own fare. And the price that Jonah ended up having to pay was, was, was a cross. Listen, I don't know about you, but uh, like Bishop said last night, I ain't trying to get in nobody's water, and I'm sure not trying to get in the belly of nobody's uh, well. I look too good for all that. Even after everything they had to endure, they were still there with Jesus. Even after everybody left, they were still there with Jesus. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, let me encourage you for a few minutes. You know that sometimes the toils of this life, it has a unique way of beating us down. It's almost like life has you in a chokehold and it won't let you go. You feel like your very breath is releasing from your body and you have no control over the outcome. You got trouble on your left and tribulations on your right. But I come to you this morning with the antidote to the infection and the solution to your problems. If you're here this morning under the sound of my voice, that means that you are a miracle that has been sent from God. God didn't have to let you wake up this morning, but he did. He didn't have to clothe you in your right mind, but he did. He didn't have to forgive you for your sins that you committed on last night, but he did. He didn't have to make a way out of no way for you, but he did. He didn't have to save you from yourself, but he did. What am I saying this morning? I want you to know that you are a miracle. You don't have to have it all together, but you have to have the one who holds it all together. You don't have to fight battles alone. You can make it. Look at somebody dead in the face and tell them, say, you can make it. Hallelujah. You don't have to stay in that state of mind. You don't have to stay in that place. Matter of fact, somebody this morning, you ought to just go ahead and serve notice to the enemy that's been coming and wreaking havoc on your life. You need to serve notice to the enemy that's been trying to destroy your soul and let that devil know that there's a new sheriff in town and he's coming with all authority and all power within his hands. He said, trust in me with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways. He said, acknowledge me and I'm going to direct your path. Somebody ought to praise the Lord in this house. See, sometimes the reason why you don't know that you're a miracle is because you forgot where you came from. Sometimes 
Pastor, we got to go back. Sometimes we got to put, we got to rewind the tape of our life and realize we got to go back to those places when you didn't have nobody to turn to. You got to go back to the time where you even sent pastor a text message and you didn't, you really needed him in that moment and you didn't get a response. Uh, listen, I'm telling you, for, I'm not telling you something he told me. I'm telling you something that I know. And you're in this place, you're in this bad place. And you know that you can't even call on mama. You can't call on daddy. You can't call your sister. You can't call your brother. And you can't call your best friend because you don't want to hear it. Sometimes, sometimes you got to find yourself. Like Matthew 6 and 9 tells us, it says, it tells you that, that, that he, you, he says when you get, in, get into your closet and you have shut the door, he said, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Sometimes, watch this, sometimes, sometimes we get too comfortable. Like I said in the beginning, we get too comfortable being in the presence of God. That even when the spirit of God is moving, it's not moving us. And then we get into our, we get into our prayer room, our prayer closet, wherever it may be, and we say, oh, one, two, three, thank you, Jesus, and we out the door. I tell our church sometimes when you get into, we get into prayer, Pastor Tim, we, we, we get in prayer and we give God a list of our, our needs, our wants, our declares, our desires, and we say amen and we out the door. And God is standing over the, over the balconies of heaven saying, I'm trying to answer your prayer. I'm trying to respond to what you just told me, but you, you're going. I don't know how it is in your prayer life, but sometimes the one, two, three, help me, Jesus don't work. Sometimes I got to get into the prayer closet. And I don't, just cl I don't just close the door, I slam the door. And you tell the Lord, look, I ain't even here to play. I ain't, Lord, look, Lord, I ain't even came here this morning to play, to play no games. I, I'm here. And so sometimes, sometimes you got to get in there and you got to begin to declare some things in prayer. You got to know how to get into that prayer closet and say, Lord, I know that things are not going right in my life right now. Lord, I know that I'm going through some things in my, in my personal life. But God, I want to come into your presence this morning and Lord, I want to begin to talk to you. You, you know, I, I, tell, I tell our church, I tell our church, uh, I talked about by prayer and praise. The difference between prayer and praise is prayer is talking to God, but praise is bragging on God. You, you know, I tell the story about, about my little girl when she, when she was small and she was in the kitchen. She was struggling to open up a jar of peanut butter. And, and it was the hardest thing for her. She was getting frustrated and I was just sitting, sitting in the recline and minding my business. I saw, parents, y'all know what I'm talking about. When you're comfortable, good and comfortable, it seems like that's when they, they need something. I guess we did it to our parents, too. But, but you're sitting now, and I, I hear her struggling, and, and I hear her just grunting. And she, and she put it on the countertop, and I could see on the side of my eye, she's looking at me, and I just kept looking straight and messing with my iPad. I knew what she needed, she, and she knew what she needed. But until she opened up her mouth, right. 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 
until she opened up her mouth and said, Daddy, I need some help. You know how the Bible says that God already knows what you need before you even ask for it? He already knows what you need. And so God is waiting on you to open up your mouth. And so once, and so once she came to me and said, Daddy, can you open this peanut butter for me? And so, you know, it wasn't nothing for me. You know, just one twist, and I handed it back to her. And so she stood there and just looked up at me. And she said, Daddy, you're so strong. <laughs> so what I started doing, kind of, you know, walking around the house, you know, sticking my chest out a little bit, you know. Let, let me open the cabinet and see if I still got it, you know. <laughs> You know, let me, let me see what else I can open up, you know. You know, just, just feeling myself, just like, like you, you, you know. Now, I didn't feel that way until after she praised me. See, she talked to me, and she told me what she needed, and I gave her what she needed, and because she needed it, and she began to brag on me, began to be thankful for it, I wanted to do things for her without her even asking. Some of y'all got it. Some of y'all got it. So what you got to understand is that when you realize that you are a miracle, when you understand that God didn't have to bring you to the place that you are, but even when you get that revelation, you say, okay, I know things may not be what they need, but God, I thank you for life. God, I thank you for giving me the strength. And God, I thank you for everything you're doing for me. Oh, but then when you switch over into praise, Will you begin to switch over into praise? Will you begin to brag on who God is in your life? Lord, you are high and you sit upon your throne. Lord, the earth is yours and the fullness thereof. Lord, you are the alpha. You are the omega. God, you are everything in between. That's why the song says that even when you can't see it, he is working. Even when you can't feel it, he is working. In my mind, in my mind, when you begin to brag on God, God pulls back his robe and he begins to walk around heaven trying to figure out another way to bless you, even when you're not looking for it. That's what, that's what makes the difference between a saint and an ain't. I'm going to go and leave down alone and finish this message. Come on, be seated. I'm telling you, that even after everything that you've been through, all that you've faced and all that you've experienced, if you learn to find yourself into a prayer closet in whatever state you're in, listen, you don't have to get God to get good. You, need to get, you just need to get God. You, 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 you know, you know, people, you know, preachers love to say, you know, you don't have to be good to get God to get God to get good. No, you just need God. That's it. God's going God's to gonna take care of all the other stuff. And I understand what, what it means. But, but if, you, if you focus so much on being good, then you're going to forget about God. You got to remind yourself, and this is just a Reggie Hills quote, I'm too blessed to be stressed dealing with uncontrollable mess. You, you, you can't. We, we stress and we cry and we complain. Listen, anytime we do counseling, Anytime we do counseling, I always, and, and, some, and they tell me, Pastor, I'm, str I'm, I'm stressing about this. And I tell them, I say, okay, well, how much control do you have over the situation? How much authority do you have in the situation? Because if you have the authority, if you had that much, uh, 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 that much influence into the situation, don't you think you would have done something by now? 
you, you got you to gotta know how to turn it over to the Lord and leave it there. You got to take your burdens to the altar and lay them down. You, don't not been, you have not been created to carry around burdens. Why do you think the Bible says, why do you think the Bible says to cast your cares upon him because he cares for you? You know, and sometimes we got to make the word of God literal. You know, we, we got we got to make make a picture. When you when you go out to fishing for all you fishermen, I'm not gonna pretend like I'm a fisherman. I love to eat fish, but I'm not a fisherman. Y'all laughing too hard in this house. But when what I do know, my li my limited knowledge of the times that I you finally got the hook in the water. You know, we got we have a in our in our neighborhood we have two lakes in the neighborhood and uh. Uh, I, I was I, one day I was standing in my backyard just watching some of the neighbors out there. Boy, they 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 fishing, they just catching these big old things. And so I kind of got kind of got impressed, you know. So I went went hook up my line and I started I threw it in there. It seemed like I was catching I was catching all the bait, you know, the fish that was about this big. I ain't gonna give you no lie this morning. My fish was about this big, and so so it got so and so my neighbors on the other side, they their 13 year old daughter went out there cast out her line. I'm telling you, within a few seconds, she pulling in this big old catfish. And so and and to add even more injury, uh, insult to injury, they said, "Well, we don't want it. Do you want it?" I said, "Put the fish in the bucket." I didn't even want to look at it. Listen, matter of fact, I think I turned my chair this way because I didn't want to even look at them sitting over there. <laughs> but what happens is, watch this. What happens is, one of the neighbors came by and he asked me, he said, what you catching? I said, I said, I got all the right fish. I mean, all the right bait. You know, I think I got the right hooks. And so he looked at it and he said, yeah, man, you got, you got everything. He said, well, how are you casting your, your line out? And I said, well, I'm, you know, I'm kind of just tossing it right here. He said, well, that's the problem. He said, you got you to gotta take that, 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 that fish around. He said, you got to launch, you got to cast that thing out there. He said, because that's where all the big fish are. They're they, they way out there. And so when the Bible says, when the Bible says to cast your cares upon God, he don't, the, the scripture's not saying just take it and just, you know, put it still within your arms, reach like, all right, Lord, I'm giving it to you. Oh, you got too close. Is this helping somebody this morning? We, we, we like to keep it within arm's reach because if you cast it out further, you know, which I always do, seems like every time I cast it out further, my, as I'm reeling it back in, my line got all tangled, Pastor. And so I said, well, it's easier for me to just drop it right here, so I'm going to just drop it right here. But in order for you to get something from God that you have never got before, you've got to do something that you've never done before. You, you got to, listen, you've got to learn. When it says cast your cares, you've got to know how to launch your cares upon God. Don't sit there and, be, and try to be all cute with it. So you got you to gotta throw it out there. Lord, I need you this morning. Lord, I need a touch in my life. Lord, this burden is too hard for me to bear. Lord, I can't hold this anymore. You've got to launch that thing out and let God deal with it. That's why sometimes, be seated, that's why sometimes you can't realize that you're a miracle. It's because you're still carrying around stuff that you was not equipped to carry. 
You are not certified to carry your burdens. Or that God, that's why he said, cast them on me. I can carry them. If I carried the weight of the world on my shoulders, then I definitely can carry what you're going through. I want to encourage you this morning and tell you that the miracle isn't that you went through what you went through. The miracle is that you're still here. Let me say that one more time in case you missed it. The miracle is not that you went through what you went through because you got to understand the Bible says that God said, I'm going to rain on the just and the unjust. So you don't, have to, you don't even have to be saved to go through trials and tribulations. The only difference is that when, that when we're going through, when it comes down to trials and tribulations, God says, I'm an equal opportunity employer. Everybody, everybody can get it. But what makes the difference, what draws the line, is that you have, that, that as we are saved and we're filled with the Holy Ghost and been baptized in Jesus' name, now we got, a, we got reinforcements. You, you know, I, let me give you one more illustration. I thought I was coming to a close. Let me give you one more illustration. Y'all, y'all, y'all come see. But both, both, y'all, y'all come right here. You too, brother. Y'all just, just stand right here. Just, just stick with me for a second. Just stand right here. Put him, put him in the middle. Come on. Sit this way. Oh, wait a minute. Let's go this way back so everybody can see. Come on this way. So when, when you're saved, the Bible tells us that God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, right? But what happens is that when, this is a walk. This is not a sprint. You know, this is, this is a longevity walk for God. And so what happens is that when you forget that you're a miracle, what happens is that when, when you, you're going on this walk for God, you start getting, you know, every little thing that comes up in your life, you start getting nervous. And then the first, the first little trial comes up. Just put, don't punch me, brother. Just put, just put your arm out and block me. Brother gonna put me to sleep. <laughs> just one hit, and so so we walking for God, and then you know mind our business, and boom. Good. He took his role serious. And so the first little thing it knocks us back, and the devil or the enemy, whatever it is, the situation is over there, just looking at us, kind of what he doing right now, just smiling. Because, you know, you got, the, you got the other two that's still, you got the other things that's waiting up the road. And so we get knocked back. And so we, we praying and we crying not to God. You know, y'all thought you said you would never leave me nor forsake you. And then, boom, we hit it again. And then we go right back. You know, it's kind of like as a kid, as a kid, you got to understand that as a kid, my, my parents had 12 kids. We were seven boys and five girls. I was the best looking one of them all, in case you was wondering, but... But we were seven boys and five girls, and, and we lived, we grew up in a trailer park, and we had double wives before double wives was a thing. We had two trailers parked next to each other with a breezeway built between. <laughs> but, but, but what happened was we had a long, and we was lot number 13, and so we had to walk all the way to the bus stop, we had to go, we had to walk down to the end of the trailer park. We had to go around this little curb that kind of snaked this way. And you know, as you walk into the bus stop, you're hearing coyotes hollering and everything else. But, but anytime somebody would mess with us, if you was by yourself, the, high, the, the, the neighborhood bully would look at you. Kind of look at you and you kind of say, all right. I'm cool. I'm cool. I ain't got no problem. 
And so all through this time, you're still dealing with situations, right? Y'all come see. You too, brother. You come see. Y'all through, right? Y'all come see. The Bible tells you that you got to realize that, that when God opens your eyes, you realize that there is more that are for you than that are against you. And so when, whenever we'd walk and obstacles would come and you would pray and you'd make it through that one. And so now you just feel like, feel like life is surrounding. Y'all just surround me for a second. You feel like life is surrounding you. Every, everywhere you turn, you just got a trial. You got some trial. You got some type of situation. And you feel completely surrounded about it. But when you, when you, when you distance yourself from everything you're going through, and you find yourself a prayer closet, don't you understand that your help comes through prayer? And so what happens is, what happens is, is now, now once I walk him, I need, I need y'all, y'all most macho face you can give me. <laughs> what happens is, is that even when, so when you get up from your prayer and you know that God has touched you and God says, listen, I just need you to walk. I, he says, I just need you to walk down the path that I've called you to. And even as you're walking, y'all got to walk with me now. Even as you're walking and you don't understand it and you're praying against something, boom, it's in that moment God says it's done. And you begin to pray and boom, in that moment it's done. And then boom, it's done. You've got to realize that God has not called you to a place to leave you there. God said, I have brought you to it and I'm going to elevate you from it. You got to learn how to walk a little bit different when you got the Holy Ghost. You got to learn how to walk a little bit different when you know that you got all of heaven behind you. You got to know how to put your foot in the ground, stick your sword in the sand, stick out your chest and say, devil, you can bring it on because we're coming. Matter of fact, matter of fact, you need to learn how to be like David and don't wait for the battle to come to you. You better learn how to go down into the valley and bring the battle to the enemy. You got to understand this. You got to understand this. David saw Goliath in the valley. The trouble wasn't up on the mountaintop. The trouble was in the valley. And when David began to reflect and say, David began to reflect and say, well, I know that the time that, that, that this mountain lion tried to come after me, he said God was there. At the time that, that, that this bear tried to come after me, God was there. And David said, if God delivered me from those things, then God's going to deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. Watch this. Listen, David didn't say, Goliath, why don't you come and meet me up on the mountaintop. David said, no, I'm going to bring the battle to you. Don't you understand that sometime God is waiting on you? We wait. Listen, think about all the other church folks. All the other church members that was up on the mountaintop just listening to that devil to run his mouth. But all it took was one person that said, listen, I'm not leaving this place until God turned this thing around. Listen, you got to know how to bring the battle to the valley. But that only comes when you realize that you are a miracle. 
See, you can't understand God in this moment if you didn't appreciate him in that one. See, you can't understand what God is trying to do in your life if you don't understand that you're a miracle. Listen, let me tell you something. I, 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 tried, I tried the world. I tried the word. I remember, I remember it just, just as clear as day. I called, you know, I, I should have known I wasn't meant for the club because I like to look clean. But I brought myself, I found myself in a, in, in a club in Lafayette. It was one of, the, one of the popping places, you know. That was the spot. So I walk in there, you know, you know, uh, you know, press, press uh, shirt and my, you know, pants was pressed down, you know, got my, got my good shoes on. I walk in there and people bumping into me and, you know, smoking everywhere and drinking everywhere. And I'm like, man, this ain't it. And I remember, I remember when I, come, I told myself, I said, you know, I'm going to go ahead and just, just, just let down my hair a little bit, you know. I'm going to just, just enjoy it for a little. It was in that moment. It's almost like everything, and I can still see it clear as day every time I tell this story. It was in that moment that it's like everything in that club just quieted down. And I seen a light, and I heard, this is not what I called you to. And I shook myself. And I began to look around. And everybody was still drinking and smoking and dancing. And I'm telling you, I was the ride at that time, Pastor. So I told all the ones that came with me, I said, look, I'm out of here. Y'all either coming or not. And they're like, we just got here. I said, I'm not saying. There's another time, another time that my brother, he had got real bad off on, on, on prescription drugs. And, 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 and I didn't realize it, but I was dropping him off at a house that was on the bad side of town. And, 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 and when uh, I left from the house, I, as I'm driving down the road, I felt the spirit of the Lord tell me, go back and get them. I turned back around. What I'm, uh, one thing that I'm, I, I missed out on is that, uh, that when we got there, when I pulled up in the driveway, it was this long gravel driveway. As the house was kind of off to the side. And, and, and when I got there, they, they had these two guys, they, these two guys standing at the edge of the, of the, of the property. And you, I could clearly see the guns in their waistbands. I could see it. And so I remember talking to him and saying, man, what you doing over here? And he said, oh, I've just got to go talk to somebody real quick, not knowing that I was bringing him to his drug dealer. And so I was on my way to prayer meeting that night, and I, I made it to that first red light, and God said, go back and get him. When I got there, those two guys, and I'm telling you, I was walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I had fear all in my heart. And I, got, I pulled into the driveway and I see those two guys, they stand up again, and I can see their guns. And then, and so I stop. And it's like when I stopped, they stopped. And then I just kept, and so I started, e started easing up just a little bit more, because I'm like, I'm not getting, trying to get caught in no, no, no gunfire. Yeah. And so as I pass them, I'm looking in my rearview mirror, and they still standing in the same spots. It's almost like they were frozen in time. I get to the back door of this house, and, and I knock on the back door. And this, this lady comes to the door, and she's chewing this big wad of gum, and she stretches herself across the door frame, and she says, yo, can I help you? And I'm telling you, in that moment when she stretched, I, I seen a gun in her waistband, and the door flung open in that moment. And I seen all kind of big weapons just sitting in the house, piles and piles of drugs on tables in there. And I told the lady, I said, I'm here to get my brother. And so she said, 
And so she calls his name. She says, yo, your brother's here. And, they, and the house busts out laughing. And he comes from the back. And you can tell that he had already been all uh, messed up on drugs. And he tells me, he says, Reg, I'm, I'm good, man. Uh, he said, just go back home. I'm going to call you when I'm ready. And I reached my hand into that house. And I grabbed him. And I told him, I said, I'm not leaving this house without you. I reached in. And I grabbed him. And, and, he, and, and he's an older brother. And, and, and as, as I'm, dra I'm dragging him, he, he's throwing a tantrum like a two-year-old. He's not wanting to leave. And, and I happen to look up, and those two guys are still standing at the front of the entrance, frozen. It wasn't until I got him in the car, and I pulled off. And I pulled off, and I pulled out of that driveway. I saw them kind of moving around, doing this number here, like there was days, like they were confused. Do you know that that same night, somebody was killed in that house? That same house. When I tell you that sometimes you got to bring yourself back and remind yourself what God has done, not only just for you, because listen, listen, sometimes I, I teach our church this. You know, we like to pray, Lord, give me the overflow, put me in the overflow. But don't you understand that the overflow is not for you. The overflow is for those that are attached to you. You, when... Well, listen to this. When, when, you think about, when you think about a fountain, think about a fountain, the water comes up through the inside. And what's on the inside comes out. But any time you got the water that's coming forth from the fountain, the top is going to get filled first. And then everything beneath it is going to start getting filled up. Listen, don't you understand that you don't have to focus so much on your life that you got to start focusing on other people's life, start pulling them out of the pits of hell, start pulling them out of the, start pulling them out of the drug houses, start pulling them off of the street corners in those moments that even when you're not working, God is. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. That you're still here. It's a miracle that you're still here. God is getting ready to shift this atmosphere. Even right now, God is shifting this atmosphere. God is bringing your attention back to what He has already done for your life, done in your life. Listen, even if God has, even if God chooses not to do another thing in your life, He has already done enough. As he begins to play softly, won't, won't you lift your hands in his house? I got some more to this message, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to end it right here. God is wanting to do something right now. God is wanting to do something in this house right now. Come on, begin to lift your voice in this house. Come on, begin to open up your mouth in this house. Come on, the miracle is not what you went through. The miracle is not what you went through. The miracle is that you're still here. The miracle is that you're still here. Come on, nobody knows. Nobody knows what you've been through but God. Nobody knows the roads that you've had to walk through all alone. Nobody knows the tears that you've had to cry at night. Nobody knows the heartbreak that you had to endure. 
because you mask. You've all you've mastered the art of masking. But this morning we want to remove every mask. This morning we want to remove every layer. We want to remove every obstacle. something right now come on God is doing something right now come on bring yourself back to worship come on bring yourself back to worship bring yourself into a place of worship come on bring yourself into a place of worship yourself back to the throne of God bring yourself back to the foot of the throne room of God there's some miracles that I hear in this house this morning there's some miracles that I hear this morning come on lift up your voice lift up your voice in this house Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.